clients range from celebrities to everyday people. Our intention for everything that we do is to give people the tools to make a system smart, sustainable, and beautiful. Form plus function. They're the organizational gurus. I recently came out. I want to start fresh. This home is like your coming out party. What we do here is an after-school enrichment program for students. So excited to be a part of this. It's a mess, but that is our specialty. I cannot believe we actually get to do this. Because that's what organization does for me. Oh, baby. I think we bit off more than we can chew. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what that is, but I want in. How about that? Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Uh, I'm Brian, but more importantly, uh, Bryce, tell us uh, what's up. So that is the trailer for Netflix's upcoming series, Get Organized, with the Home Edit. It's a home organization show based off of the popular Home Edit system. They've got some celebrity homes, Reese Witherspoon, Khloe Kardashian. You heard Retta from Parks and Rec. Give that operatic oh, note. Treat yourself. That comes to Netflix September 9. Check it out. This is the, uh, if you liked Marie Kondo, you'll also like. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, we also have Bill Meeks with us uh, today. Welcome, Bill Meeks. How's it going, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Long time no see. Long time no see. Hey, hey how's, how are things treating you here in the cord killers verse? It's 140 degrees, and I'm, I am I can't not think about the... Moving on. Uh, hey, Tom, what's our primary target? Sorry. I don't know. Let's take a look. <laughs> Uh, we like to celebrate benchmarks on Cord Killers uh, when Netflix first hit 50 million subscribers, for instance, or, or when Netflix surpassed cable TV with subscribers, or when things that weren't Netflix did things like hit 10 million subscribers. And now more than half of U.S. households now subscribe to multiple streaming services. Here are the numbers from Likeman Research Group. Uh, after they surveyed 1,990 households in the U.S., 78% have a subscription to Netflix, Amazon Prime, or Hulu. So they looked at a lot of surveys, uh, a lot of streaming services, but looking just at those three, 78% have one of those three, up from 69% in 2018 and 52% in 2015. If you widen that out to a dozen of the more popular streaming services, you add in Disney+, Plus, BET+, Plus, et cetera, you get 82% of households. That starts to sound like cable TV penetration 10 years ago, 49% uh, have three or more uh, of those services. So almost half the country has three of the top 12 streaming services. 55% have more than one of those, up from 43% in 2018 and 20% in 2015. So does this signal the abandonment of cable? Well, 58% of the households still have pay TV and streaming, 20% only do streaming, and 16% only have pay TV. Uh, so now I guess what you could say is in the United States, most people still have pay TV and a streaming service or two. Uh, Deadline opines, quote, streaming is increasingly viable given the ease of starting and stopping subscriptions and the lower cost compared with a full pay TV package. Uh so at what point do we want to define victory? Like, 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 like what's, what's the finish line here? Yeah. I mean, I, I think of it less as a, a moment of victory and more of, uh, 
kind of monitoring the patient or or two patients, one who is a baby who's, who's now becoming an adult and the other, you know, a dying old man. It's like, well, he's, he's still with us, you know, and, and you can, you can go home, but you'll, you'll be in the hospital soon. And I, I feel like cable's still kicking. It's pay TV is still kicking, but uh, it's it's not going to be with us forever. So you you might want to hang out with grandpa while you still can. Uh, whereas uh, streaming is is now an adult. I was wondering, did, did the numbers reflect, you know, the, the number of people who have been cutting cable since the whole, whole COVID thing started? Because it feels like, you know, everyone's sort of circling the wagons in their own, like, household budgets and everything. And it seems like cables, you know, a natural thing to cut almost straight away. I mean, I did it 10 years ago. Yeah, I think that's that's part of what they're seeing. This this took place mostly during the lockdown uh, era. Uh, and and so 58% holding on to that pay TV, likely because they want to see some live sports once it came back. Uh, although you can see live sports with streaming services, a lot of people don't want to f- try to figure out, navigate that, but they're fine mm-hmm subscribing to netflix disney plus etc um so in general people want to keep it simple but uh having said that people are also fed up and out well (laughs) yeah well simple simple has changed right simple used to be like "Ah, just give me cable I, i don't know what this netflix hulu stuff is that's that's for you tech people uh and i feel like we've moved into well, Netflix, you know, I, I've got that app on my smart TV, you know, or maybe I have a Roku or something like that. It's it's moved into the mainstream. Yeah, I, I think we've definitely hit that watershed moment where I, I think back to right after Netflix started their streaming service, I gave my father-in-law like a year's gift certificate for Netflix and he would not touch it. He It sat in a drawer and I eventually took it back and paid for ours for a year. And now... You know, anytime I talk to him, he's like, oh, did you check out this show on Netflix? And I I think it's just, you know, that ease of use and that, you know, lean back experience is finally there to where, you know, the, the less experienced people can finally, you know, consider cutting the cord. So have we quietly won like, like years ago and, and just now are finally recognizing the fact? I mean, it kind of depends on how you look at it. I think you may be right. Like it, while we weren't looking suddenly cord killing one. I mean, I think when pay TV, when this number in Lightman research pay TV falls below 50%, I think that's when you can definitively say like, okay, you know, this, the, it's, it is now the streaming era for sure. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But those numbers are going in that direction. They're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the companies are going in that direction too. I think, I think a lot of big media media companies are abandoning things like cable to, you know, spin up their own like HBO Max or CBS All Access, Peacock, things like that. That's why I quoted that deadline uh, uh, quote here, because usually in the past, when we read these articles, right, Brian, you would hear like, well, but pay TV still has the strength and companies are, are you know, still deciding how they want to, to compete with Netflix and uh, subscription fatigue is a problem and people want simplicity. Now it's like, no, streaming's viable. It's easy to start and stop your subscriptions and it costs you less. Uh, so boom, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The game over. I, I, it, it sort of puts us in the position of like, 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 uh, I don't know how hard, how dead do we want them to be before we declare victory? <laughs> yeah. You do know? we need to change the name of the show to be past tense? Right. <laughs> I need like fossilized bones of Comcast. That's the only way I'll be satisfied. 
<laughs> Sorry, I, I, I brought the room down. I just I, obsidian verse. Yeah. No, I was just trying to. to yeah, it made me think of Animal Crossing, honestly, because you said fossils, and suddenly I needed to go check in with blathers. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think I think we are we are almost on the other side of this, where where certainly streaming is the norm. I think that's the big takeaway here. Like streaming your video uh, is not a niche thing anymore. Everybody's doing it. Uh, cord cutting is almost there, right? Just getting rid of cable entirely is almost there. Not Maybe not quite. Yes and no. I, I, I tried to uh, this morning, I was going to show my kids uh, Avatar, the uh, James Cameron uh, Avatar. And uh, it, it, for whatever reason, is not available on uh, uh, Amazon. Just said, sorry, no can do. And not streaming, not anything anywhere. It, I think it's on all. Netflix. It, it, just Watch oh, says Oh, no, the that. James Cameron avatar. Right. Yeah, yeah. You right. have to rent it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, but even then, can't find it, can't do it. Like, like they're, they're fighting behind the scenes, I guess. Yeah. Well, and that's windowing, right? That's, that's the, it, oh, it's on Disney plus. Is it? Apparently. Well, that makes sense. Cause yeah. that was Fox, right? Yeah. Now that you, now that you say that, I remember seeing an avatar. Now that I say that I remember seeing an avatar, um, slide on Disney plus. And I see it's available for purchase or rent here on Amazon video. Amazon Instant Video too. Yeah, unfortunately, when well, you go there, it, says, the it says not available. It says unavailable uh, uh, on this platform or or in your location, whatever it is. Hmm. Weird. Well, you know what's always available, Brian, no matter what your location? Us. Uh, yes, you and me. We are always available. Our personal phone numbers begin 512. <laughs> I probably shouldn't keep talking. No, no, no. Like, we're here for you guys. 512-665-7886 was my phone number at one time in Austin. I don't know whose phone number that is now. Uh, don't call that. You won't get me. Uh, what you'll want to do instead is go to your address bar and type in patreon.com slash cord killers. Yeah, dude. That's how you keep us loud, live, and independent. And it keeps us uh, doing our thing, man. Uh, what, five years now? Uh, you guys changed our lives. We want to keep on doing this for you. We love you. Thank you. Yeah. If you get value out of Cord Killers, just, just give a buck back to us. That's all we ask. Patreon.com slash Cord Killers. Let's talk about how to watch. Protocol.com reports the Comcast is pursuing plans to offer its X1 set-top box operating system. So not cable part, just the operating system, to smart TV makers. X1 powers the company's Xfinity cable boxes, as well as a Roku-like streaming box called Flex. Uh, if you remember, Flex doesn't give you cable service. It gives you a Comcast app that you can use to get their skinny bundle without having to have cable service. And it also does other apps and stuff. Uh, Cox Cable already uses some X1 hardware and software itself. Charter is negotiating a license as well. Uh, but remember, X1 runs Netflix, YouTube, bunch of other streaming apps. So to get on smart TVs uh, would be probably a wise thing for Comcast to be able to monetize all of that investment that it made in 
an enterprise that, as we just mentioned, uh, seems to be declining. Uh, Comcast, however, would have to win out over Roku, Fire TV OS, Android TV. Of course, LG has WebOS. Samsung has their own Tizen uh, smart TV OS that they actually would also like to to license out to other folks. But Brian, it feels like this is something that it may not be the thing that saves Comcast, not that Comcast even needs saving in that way, but it would be a smart thing for Comcast to do to pivot, noticing that, hey, you know, that cable TV business not going to be around forever. Let's figure out what we can do with the parts of it. I mean, full stop. We've talked a bit about how uh, increasingly all of the, uh, the the cable companies have figured out that it's like, oh, wait, our job is to be dumb pipes. Uh, let's be dumb pipes, dumb pipes, dumb pipes. Uh, this seems like they're just leaning into that question mark. Well, this, this is the dumb pipes thing is actually what most of these companies don't want to be. That's why Comcast bought NBC universal, right? They, they want to figure out how to monetize on top of the pipes. And I think what you're saying is they realized like, Oh, uh, we just have to be a dumb (laughs) pipe. So maybe we could take some of the stuff we developed uh, on top of that and and use it somewhere else, uh, especially when you're Comcast and you sell internet, right? So if you're out there getting people to use your operating system on a smart TV and they're also using the internet, you might be able to sell them that internet as well. Yeah. I, I just don't know if I can see myself purchasing a TV that's sort of like exclusive to a cable company, you know, like I, it's I, not, I it's not. Okay. Okay. So this is, I, 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 I tried to make this point. It has nothing to do with Comcast cable. This is okay. just the operating system that runs Netflix and YouTube and Disney plus and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, I just, uh, well, I mean, you know, Roku and Amazon over the past few months, they've been, you know, with a lot of these OTT services, they've been brokering these big deals and trying to get a bigger percentage. So, you know, it is a, is a very active space. That being said, I don't think I would ever support something Comcast related within that space because they're the old space, you know? So if it didn't say Comcast on the television and you didn't know that was the operating system, would then I would like- I would bring it in and I would let it access my home network, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that would be the idea is that maybe they'd call it X1 because most people don't mm-hmm. necessarily immediately associate that with Comcast. Maybe they'd call it something entirely different, but you'd be buying a Vizio TV. You oh, wouldn't okay. know that it involved Comcast on it. It would just have the X1 OS on it or something cool sounding like that. Do you think that gotcha. would, uh, that's going to matter, uh, Brian? I mean, it's going to be hard enough to get these licensing agreements anyway. Um, I mean, it, it, man, there's so many times I'm so wrong on everything, uh, but the uh, but but my gut says that names mean things to people. So if you can tie yourself to a a positive name, then you're going to be better off. Yeah, so it's maybe not use Comcast then. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to what to watch in under surveillance. I like this It's all about location, location, location. Under surveillance. We'll see how long it lasts, but artist and director Rob Sheridan discovered late last week that the Mouseketeers at Walt Disney World, uh, a video you can find on Disney Plus from 1977 has the original national commercials in it. So 
old campaigns from Reach Toothbrush or uh, Chevy Diesel Trucks alongside out-of-business companies like Gainsburgers. So at first I thought, well, maybe they did deals with these companies, you know, but there's companies in there that don't exist anymore. There's Shake and Bake is in there uh, too. I don't know if Shake and Bake's still around, but I, I watched this. It also uh, features uh, the woman who played Blair in Facts of Life before she was Blair in Facts of Life. It is not a very good episode uh, or video or, or special, uh, but the commercials, it was kind of cool to see them. They're in you know, good resolution. Usually you see the stuff, it's like bad v- VHS dubs. Uh, this is a good VHS dub is what it looks like. Uh, it, it- just to clarify, like 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 the uh, the reason we're watching it is for the commercials. I would say that would probably be the only reason to watch it is to to see the old commercials. Uh, the story itself is is fairly unimpressive. I, I have a huge love of going back and watching old commercials and like you know primetime specials like the before the Saturday morning cartoon season would premiere, they do a Friday night special with the sitcom stars of the network. I love watching all this old kind of stuff. Like I, I kind of hope that, you know, people are very excited by this and it might get bigger companies like, you know, Disney or whatever to start releasing some of that older material. Cause there's so much good stuff there. It's like, like a, a cool little time capsule thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a the on Reddit. There's a subreddit, obscure media, and I'm on there like all the time, all the time. It's all this kind right, of right. It doesn't sound like that may be enough to convince you to muddle through this because you would have to do a lot of fast forwarding. Um. Well, and plus, I uh, the big thing is I won't know what's good and what's not good. Right. Like, I either want it to be deliciously awful or good, and there's no real easy way to figure it out yeah and and there are easier ways to get old commercials than diving through this thing if that's really what you want like like you said like subreddits and youtube and stuff uh cbs will add season one of star trek discovery and season four of one day at a time to its fall broadcast schedule uh to fill gaps caused by production shutdowns one day at a time of course used to be a netflix uh series but was moved to pop after Netflix canceled it. Uh, so CBS, Viacom CBS now is contains both Pop and CBS, so they'll be rerunning them on broadcast. And Star Trek uh, Discovery Season 3 premieres on CBS All Access October 15th, so it may be a way to say, like, oh, let's get maybe get some of those broadcast viewers to, to be interested in signing up so they can see those of this. Yeah, it's a, it's a really smart idea. I know that uh, DC DC Universe Warner Brothers is doing the same thing with Stargirl on the CW. They, it started as an original show, and then they're bringing it over to actually air on the CW. And it, it's, a, it's a great way to sort of, uh, you know, address this drought in content that everyone's having because no one can shoot, right? NBC Universal has ordered limited series uh, called Joe Exotic uh, based on the second season of the podcast about Joe Exotic, which also inspired the Netflix documentary series. Uh, Kate McKinnon will executive produce and play Carol Baskin. Uh, Joe Exotic himself has not yet been cast. Apparently there's a separate series about Joe Exotic in the works starring Nicolas Cage, but that's not this one. Uh, The McKinnon Joe Exotic will show on NBC, USA, and Peacock. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of over all of this. I'm done. <laughs> and- I, I wonder if you are not alone. Like, 
it, by the time this comes out, are people still going to be in this? This was kind of an internet and pandemic phenomenon. I don't yeah. know that people are that interested in it still. I'll say that just because I haven't watched the series itself on Netflix, because I don't really do reality TV that much, I, I might watch this just because like I've been, you know, I've heard tell of the series from everybody, but you know, a dramatic series might be, or probably more of a comedy will be a really good way to kind of get me in there where I can't really sit down with the patients for a reality TV show. Bryce, what about you? Uh, no, I, I, I agree. This is, this was a flash, you know, in the moment. And I mean, they're still casting this show. They won't start filming this for, a while and then yeah. post-production and then publishing it like unless there are n many many new facets to the joe exotic tale worthy of a part two by the time they can film it and turn it around i think this is chasing this is this is chasing i i, I think this is part of the content drought just we can buy the rights for this we need to plug in these airtime it was a magic moment mm. it's over it's gone and don't worry about it well, but but for the networks, they need they need anything, right? Sure. Pilot season has been disrupted. All of this stuff is 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 affected. So just whatever is ready to air, just start filming ASAP, which I think is maybe what this is falling under. Yeah, I guess you know it, it, that's a good point because you know th this type of show, I'd imagine, would be a very small cast, a very small shoot, which is something that is achievable right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, easy easier to achieve logistically. Uh, CBS All Access released a teaser for The Stand limited series coming December 17th. Uh, that's the one that has Alexander Skarsgård playing Randall Flagg. And in the teaser, you see Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I've, I've got nothing. I don't know. It's like... It's like Do you like, like The Stand? Like, I, I love it. I love it. It's the best. Everything, everything. It's awesome. But it's been 30 years. 30 years of getting jerked around on this, so... Uh, forgive me if I'm a little bit. Was it like 94 when they did the T made for TV miniseries version or something? Yeah. 93. Okay. Did that have one um, of the guys from wings in it? I think it did have Rob Lowe. Oh, Rob Lowe. Uh, so, so you're just, you're just, you just don't want to be hurt. I mean, I can't. Right. Uh -huh. I, I, uh -huh. I'm, uh. Well, December 17th, some of us will watch it and report back to you. <laughs> How's that? Perfect. All right. A few other notes here. Enola Holmes trailer is out. Uh, that is a series with Millie Bobby Brown playing Sherlock Holmes' sister and Henry Cavill as Sherlock coming to Netflix September 23rd. Disney is reportedly working on a live action movie based on Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. Uh, being written by Parks and Rec's Katie Dippold. A trailer is out for His Dark Materials Season 2, coming to HBO in November. Netflix is making an original live-action Resident Evil TV series produced by Constantine Film, same company that did the Mila Jovovich uh, movies. Netflix has decided not to order a third season of Altered Carbon, so the two seasons you got are the two seasons you're going to have. A reunion of the West Wing cast will shoot a theatrical performance of the season three episode called Hartsfeld's Landing at the Orpheum Theater in Los Angeles. And that will then post as a special episode on HBO Max before the U.S. election. And finally, Amazon has stopped development of its series based on Ian M. Banks' Consider Phlebas, the first in the Culture series. Uh, Utopia creator Dennis Kelly was on board to write it, said he thought the estate just kind of got cold feet. 
and decided it it wasn't ready to turn the culture series into a TV show quite yet. That's a bummer because I yeah. I really dug the Ian Ian, Ian and Bank stuff. Uh, it's hard to get excited about a bunch of things not happening. Yeah, we have a couple of cancellations in here. I'm actually kind of uh, interested in Enola Holmes. Uh, that the trailer was was pretty high energy. Bill, did any of these catch your eye? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Enola Holmes, uh, one, because it has Ken Henry Cavill, who's my favorite Superman, and two, it just looks really good and much better than the Sherlock Holmes sister plot they did on the show. Because uh, I, I wasn't too impressed with that. But this looks like a lot of fun, and it looks like the humor exactly matches what you would expect from a Sherlock Holmes story. All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Uh, Bill Meeks, what have you been watching? I... Tom, I have had a religious experience this weekend. I have watched uh, the the holy word that I call Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, it's the message. For, it's the message for our time, and I I just I love it. I'm I'm gonna go to church every Sunday and watch it because there's a Bill and <laughs> Ted church right down it. the block from me. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was so good though. Like I wish it was in spoiler in time because I have this really big theory about a character. I can't talk about, but it, it was just great to go watch it because, you know, over the past few weeks, me and my kids have been going back and rewatching the original movies, the two TV series they did. I've been, gone back and read the Evan Dorkin comic books, just really reimmersed myself in the Wild Stallions and it, getting to watch it. It just I think it was pitch perfect. It was, you know, everything I, I could have ever wanted and more. And I'm gushing just because I loved it so much. I, I hate I hate just gushing, but. It was just good. It was really, really good. I, me I now feel horrible that I didn't watch it this weekend with the rest of the internet. Brian, what about you? Uh, I did not watch it, but I did watch Aliens with my 12-year-old. And, oh, my God, uh, the the tension, the excitement, the, um, uh, uh, the fact that it's one mom versus another mom. Like, uh, like, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, uh, the director. Why can I not access James Cameron? James Cameron might be the best feminist director of all time. Like, like, uh, uh, between this and Titanic and, and, and Avatar and, and the original Alien and Terminator and everything. Awesome. Chef's kiss. Oh, Aliens. Very nice. Uh, you know, I, I started rewatching that not that long ago i need to go back and finish that i'm i'm inspired now uh, i want to make another uh pitch for ted lasso i had watched one episode last week when we talked i have now caught up with all five episodes that have come out they, they come out every friday on apple tv plus it is maybe just the time we're living in uh but it is just such a relief to watch uh you think it should be a show that makes fun of a bumbling American in fish out of water and also sends up the Brits as being, you know, too stiff upper lip and, 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 and that would be the, the humor. There are, there's a little bit of that, but Ted Lasso is really smart and he's really caring and he's a great dad. Uh, and he's just different and he's not trying to be someone he's not. Uh, and that's where, the comic tension comes where he's just genuinely a optimistic Midwest guy uh, around a bunch of cynical Brits and the Brits aren't all, you know, two dimensional, you know, uh, British comedy characters. It's basically like you took a British comedy uh, and stuck an American, uh, you know, Midwestern stereotype in it, but then made all the characters have some depth and it's, it's wonderful. 
I I think it makes you proud to be an American to watch it because Ted Lasso is the best of us. At least you know you're free. You're not ashamed <laughs> to fight no. or what or whatever the rest of goes. Of now we've both gushed, song. Tom. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Those are uh, the things that we've been watching. Uh, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, you know, uh, my my uh, on the lookout pick is on the Peacock app. And so I have a little mini review for the Peacock app. Uh, if we if we've got a little bit of time for it, I, this is if people don't know, which I'm sure they do. This is the NBC Universal streaming service. Uh, it's got a library of old content. It's got some originals. It also has like live streaming channels, like Pluto does. Uh, there are a cup. There are a few different tiers of service. You've got ad free, ad supported. Uh, pre- a premium tier. Uh, if you're a Comcast subscriber, those prices are all different um, and you have different options available available to you. It sounds very clunky, but when you're in the app, uh, it, it's pretty easy. You're either able to watch something or it says, hey, you need to get premium. Uh, I, I think it's a really smart setup, the, the way that they've got this. You've got a very large library of content. I was watching uh, Frasier last night and it just felt even though that show is, is what 20 plus years old like that felt I don't know right uh, easy easy to use and and, and um, the, the live channels is also a really smart idea because a lot of that content is very uh, what we might call waterfall content sure mm-hmm. and uh, if you were able to just say hey just give me comedy and or give me drama give me something um, I think that's really smart because it's I could imagine my parents wanting to watch the stuff that's on here, but never making the decision to say, oh, I'm going to sit down and choose to watch Frasier. I don't think that they mm-hmm. would make that decision, but I like the idea of it. As far as the actual user interface on the Apple TV, I really, really don't like it, especially the video player. Unlike other services like uh, HBO or any of the actual Apple TV apps, this has its own kind of video player UI, so you don't you you have to kind of sw- do a swipe gesture. You are, uh, it, it just doesn't function exactly the way you would like it to, which is really annoying. And and also just getting getting into the live channels feels weird because you're really only able to see two, maybe three at a time, and so that that feels frustrating. Where you have to load into a channel before you can even just look through the list. I mean, it's got a a grid, but you can only see, you know, at the bottom third of your screen. So Mm. you can fix this, right? You can fix a bad app and other apps have had bad launches. I think this is something that uh, has a lot of good content in it and just needs a little of maybe another year of polish over it. Um, My, my on the lookout pick for today um, is one of those originals. uh, We've, I don't know if we've talked about it much on, on this show before, but uh, brave new world. They've made an adaptation of, uh, the book Brave New World. I have not read Brave New World, and everyone in the podcast is going to be laughing at me because I'm astounded. I wonder, really, I legitimately don't know what's going to happen in the story. Um, but if you, like me, don't know, it's, a, it's about a society, a future society where love and monogamy and family are outlawed. Society says that those are a form of theft, and so you can't be monogamous and you can't uh, be into an exclusive relationship or anything. And there's also uh, Soma, these pills that control people's emotions uh as as a part of the story three different members of society uh find out that hey you know what maybe this society is not working for me and uh they will probably bring back i assuming bring back love and family so um we'll see that i i think the first two episodes which they have for free ad supported on peacock were really interesting i think it's going to at least get me to try the free trial of peacock premium um 
because I, I think like it's the 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 visuals are really like I the, when we first were watching Westworld those first few seasons where it's all in the park you might have thought oh this might kind of be what that sort of future world looks like you know very high tech very like weird sort of outfit choices but I I think it's interesting. Um, and, uh, if you're like me, you might find a good mystery out of this. So, uh, there are nine hour long episodes of brave new world streaming on Peacock. Now, if you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email us cordkillers at gmail.com. If I remember this, this- correctly, I, th- I, I, th- I think there was one person who was not down to play along. So, so the idea oh, of making it three people, I think makes it better, uh, from what I've heard. Oh, hmm. yeah. This is this is roughly following the book, uh, but it's not it's not very like one to one faithful. Yeah. It's it's following the broad outlines. And I and, watched mm, the uh, first two episodes of this. Oh, and then the- hit. I, I didn't realize there that because I'm only on the free tier of Peacock that I would not be able to continue to watch it. And so I hit the third episode and it was like, oh, you you got to go change your tier if you want to watch it. And I was like, it was okay. <laughs> mm. wasn't good enough to make me pay, though. <laughs> I, I've been enjoying this one. Um, my favorite thing about it, though, is that one of the head writers on it is one of my favorite comic book writers ever, Grant Morrison. He's done, like, Final Crisis, oh, wow. Batman, Rip, Animal Man. Oh. And he's, like, right there in the writer's room helping them, you know, kind of adapt and modernize this story. So it, nice. it's, it's a great series. And, and, great and series. that was something that I saw in passing uh in terms of the reception to this, that this is a series that this will probably be setting up more seasons. Uh, and mm-hmm. so there's some parts of the book that it does, the season, I suppose, doesn't get into. So uh, anytime you expand something like that. Grant Morrison did Super Gods, right? Yeah, he did Super Gods. Yeah. I have it right over there. Yeah, I, I, I think it was on your recommendation that I read it. Ooh, nice. Bonkers. Very cool. It's bonkers. Yeah, he, he, he's he, bonkers. He's a nut, but he's my kind of nut. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Brian. Yo. Uh, I got a new show coming out. Go on. It's called Current Geek Chronicles. What? Now, you may say, Tom, didn't you already have a show called Current Geek? And I will say yes, but it wasn't called Current Geek Chronicles. Totally about to say all that. Go ahead. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't mean to step on your lines there. Uh, But uh, Current Geek Chronicles is highly better (laughs) <laughs> so I, I i think justin talked about this a little bit like uh basically like uh current geek was a talk show but yeah current geek chronicles is like radio lab for exactly for current geek, exactly right? uh the the episode come the the first episode was released during the kickstarter about the history of the word mana and how it made its way into video games uh the second episode is coming out tomorrow uh and then they'll start coming out weekly for the eight episode season tomorrow's episode is about wrestling uh and if you're like nah i'm not into wrestling this is the episode for you it's called the outsider's guide to wrestling scott and i as people who have merely dabbled in wrestling and and don't really understand it uh have it explained to us by people who do it does feature one justin robert young uh doing some wrestling calls in it as well uh these are our deep dives into geeky topics uh so please go check it out currentgeek.com that is fantastic and of course all of our equipment right here at uh, the seven acres wood provided by uh, uh, uh doghouse systems head on over to doghousesystems.com slash v slash rogue r-o-g-u-e use promo code rogue at checkout get yourself a free ssd and support us 
Let's move out of the front lines. Front lines. Uh, Netflix is doing something interesting, making a bunch of its popular content available without a subscription at netflix.com slash watch free. Uh, it includes first episodes uh, for free of a lot of the series like Stranger Things and Grace and Frankie. Does include some full movies, though. Bird Box uh, is on there. Murder Mystery, the one that had uh, Jennifer Aniston uh, in it. Uh, the website works on all desktop platforms and in Android. It doesn't work on your TV boxes or in iOS. Uh, there's there's something weird with the way Netflix.com works in, in Safari on iOS. But uh, if you got a browser on a desktop or an Android phone, uh, you can go check it out there. Wasn't our prediction that they were going to, like, I don't know, marry up with uh, Pluto.tv or something? Yeah, yeah. This this could be like a little baby step that way, huh? Yeah. It kind of feels like it might be a response to that free tier on Peacock we were talking about, too, because it, it, it's just a... I, I think it's a much better way to get people to kind of buy in to at least check stuff out versus, you know, putting in your credit card and remembering to cancel at the end of the month. So really smart move by Netflix. Uh, Reviews.org has created a calendar that spaces out all of the existing free trials of of streaming services on a calendar that you uh, always have something to watch so that you have something to watch uh, for free. It also helps you remember when to cancel. Google Calendar combines, uh, 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 sorry, 309 streaming services. Yeah. Wait, are there min- that many? I think it's. I think it might be 39. Okay. Because <laughs> 309 seems like that's a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like that. That's more than. Yeah. No. I mean, this is cool. I thought reviews.org did something really cool. You just take your Google Calendar, uh, click on this. It adds that. And it tells you like, okay, sign up for this one. It'll last this long. We'll remind you when it ends so you can cancel it. And we'll tell you the next one. So you always have something free to watch. I I love projects like this, but it's projects like this that always cause the companies to change something. You know, if if enough people take advantage Mm -hmm. of this, everyone's going to get rid of free trials like yesterday. The Wall Street Journal reported Friday that AT&T has resumed its talks to sell DirecTV. Uh, DirecTV still has about 17.7 million subscribers in the U.S. AT&T would reportedly hold on to AT&T TV now, uh, which was launched as DirecTV now, but is a separate operation. So this would just be getting rid of the satellite business portion. And Bloomberg sources say Apple plans to add augmented reality content to uh, as a companion to Apple TV plus TV shows. Uh, characters or objects from the TV show would be overlaid on the real world uh, as seen through your phone. Uh, as an example, if let's say you're watching uh, For All Mankind, would see a lunar rover on a coffee table when seen through an iPhone or an iPad. I don't know. Uh, is that do anything for you guys it seems like a gimmick you know and it like if if it adds to the content i could see it like maybe if there's like a mystery box that you open up or something and you you can help figure out the show or something but you know just to see a little cool thing there it's fine yeah i mean it feels like they're setting the table for something else like if they put out an augmented reality headset then this might be worth it. But even then I'm like, what would be the content that I would really want to do that for? Like it would have to really add something to the viewing experience for me. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Uh, Quibi hosted a promotional event at the Americana theater in Los Angeles, showing its series, uh, the stranger on an outdoor screen while people watched from their cars. 
The Stranger tells a thriller story set on a single <clears throat> night in Los Angeles. When it was relig- originally released at, on Quibi, uh, it would be released at the time each segment in the story began. So it was a little later every episode because it was going from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Uh, but if you didn't want to pay for it, uh, you could go watch it on a big screen at the mall. I mean, I'm in favor of doing crazy things full stop, but... Uh... It, it, it feels like an odd choice for the company who was trying to brand itself as the the shows you watch on your phone when, you're, when you have two minutes to, you know, run out a big place and you know do a drive-in movie kind of veering away from those core concepts that have made them such a success <laughs> they explicitly don't have films on quibi they're like not tv shows they're not films they don't do films this is so bizarre why did you show it as a film i feel like this was like oh crap we had all these events planned to promote quibi and now we can't do any of them what can we do and somebody's like well we could show a thing about los angeles in los angeles Oh, people from yes. Los Angeles love that, I think. And oh, yeah. No, we never get tired of it. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, movies are back in theaters, I guess. Uh, uh, Tenant and the New Mutants opened, though Tenant won't open in the U.S. until later this week uh, on September 3rd. Also, uh, Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music uh, opened uh, in some theaters, also on demand online. Tenant opened making $53 million, which is more than than I would have thought, uh, worldwide, uh, mostly in the UK, France, Korea, and Germany. Uh, that was the number two worldwide release to China's uh, 800, which made 69 million in China. My God. Yeah, the 800 there's, only released there, in China no made money. 69 million. There's no money. Uh, they, uh, so there you go. Uh, I just, I wanted to note this cause we were for so long saying tenant will tell us when theaters are back and then we'll be able to decide if people are going back to theaters. And we ended up getting this mushy, like, well, a tenant's back in some theaters, but not in the U S yet. Uh, not in the U S won't have all the theaters open and, and China has a bunch of theaters and did all right there. So yeah, this actually, uh, we got robbed it, of that. I was going to, this inspired me to go look up box office numbers for this past weekend. It was like, it was like, oof, like it was like $1 million for the th- number three and then 7 million for the top. And I was like, these numbers are just crazy pants. These are like 1970 numbers or something. Yeah. Nobody's going to the theater. All right. But what you are doing is emailing us. So let's get to the dispatches from the front. Our boss, B. Lissa, writes, Dear Tom, Brian, and Bryce, I'm curious about something. I've heard that if you pay for Mulan, you continue to have access to it as long as you are a Disney Plus subscriber. So here's my question. What if you stop your Disney Plus membership? Can you start it back up again a few months later and then have access to Mulan again? Or do you have to continue to subscribe in order to keep access to Mulan? Uh, I think she knows that like when you stop, you lose access, but would you get the access you paid for back if you restart? Uh, and I don't know, Brian, do you? I mean, I don't have any kind of insider knowledge, but I would assume no, no, just like, like what, what you're buying is, uh, you get to see it tonight. That's it. I know that you get to keep it in your Disney plus library if you don't cancel. So it would make sense to me that it would just be associated with that account. And if you put your subscription on pause, 
when you resubscribed, it should be there to me. Like, I, I don't even know if it would there even be enough of a window for them to let their subscription lapse? Because I think it's coming out on Disney Plus proper like in December, isn't it? Right. Like so it's just a couple Probably, months. Yeah. That so yeah. that's what I'm so, assuming is the, is like after 20 minutes, it's like we all have it anyway. So, so. who wants mm -hmm. to experiment and pay for it next week? And then immediately cancel, cancel Disney Plus <laughs> and then subscribe again next month. Please let us know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. I did get a chance to see Mulan in a preview because my wife works for Rotten Tomatoes, got a preview of it. Uh, I'm not allowed to give a review of it, but I thought it was really good. And it is, unlike the other live action Disney remakes, not a remake. This is an entirely new movie. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ander wrote in and said, good adaptations are simply the exception that proves the rule. The two good ones I can think of are The Princess Bride and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Both of those are wildly different from their source material. Three different media in the case of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yet they capture the spirit. I would be much more optimistic about the live action Avatar The Last Airbender if it was Avatar, the completely different story about a different Avatar. Uh, Netflix <laughs> is doubling their challenge. They have to make a good Avatar movie and they also have to retell the Airbender story better than it was before. I mean, they don't have to do better than before. They just have to, you know, not to know. match it, right? Just, just give me something good. That's that's yeah. all I want. Yeah, and, and mix in enough, you know, young pop stars or whatever in the cast to where you know it takes off for a younger generation, and you're golden. Yeah, and then we got a, a use for that shuffle button from James uh, in Australia, who thinks it would come for your favorite shows. Uh, James says, "I want to watch some Rick and Morty, and I've seen them all a few times, so I really don't care which one." Boom, shuffle. Give me some Rick and Morty. That sounds like a bad idea, but I love it because, like, like it frees you from that decision paralysis, right? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, like, like press the button, it's going to be there. Especially for shows like that, where you're like, I know I've seen them all. I've seen all the Star Treks or The Office or whatever. And they did try this with The Office, actually. They, they gave you a, a kind of a best of playlist. But the shuffle button goes even farther. Uh, Bill, will you be shuffling any Netflix shows if you get the chance? I would definitely, definitely, you know, maybe use this. So I, like, I, can you like really narrow it down? Could I be like, I want to shuffle Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and... Um, no, see, that's a better no, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like custom playlists that you could shuffle. That I would be all over. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, well, Bill, it's great having you back on the show, man. It's been too long. Uh, let folks know what you've been up to and where they should go to follow what you do. I've, I've just been hanging out, Tom. Uh, but I, I'm actually, back in March when I was on the show, I promoted this book, Fan Podcasting, The Complete Guide. It teaches you how to make a podcast about your favorite movie, TV show, music. We're coming out with an audio book on Audible oh, uh, here in a couple weeks. If you want to find out more, there's free and paid options available at uh, doanything.media slash fanpodcasting. Doanything.media slash fanpodcasting. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Excellent. Everybody go check it out. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. And we are live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. See you again next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children? No, not my wife. I know what you're saying. I love our $5 patrons. These are the people that keep us loud, live, and independent. Thank you so much, $5 patrons. 
You know what? I love them more than not life itself, because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) 